Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about competition between the narcissistic mother and her daughter. Now, whether or not she has one or several daughters, the narcissistic mother finds it reasonable for her to compete with her daughters. Now, the reasons may differ. There might be reasons for insecurity, for finding some sort of supply. We know, we all know how narcissists always crave for that narcissistic supply. They always want to have it. They always seek it. It's like their drug, you know, they're addicted to it. And so part of, um, getting this sort of um, drive to do this kind of thing, which is originally doesn't make really, doesn't make much sense. And I mean, why would anyone want to, you know, uh, do such a thing? You know, just this thing of competition, like, it just doesn't really get into my head. But, um, competition is a huge thing and it's something that you my listener if you ever intend to have kids in the future do not do this to your own children for god's sake okay do not compete with your children because they're not okay you know what? i'm gonna leave the advice for the very last thing you know the juicy delicious thing we leave it at the very last minute so Get into the juice of this topic, the competition, the competitiveness. Um, part of being narcissistic is definitely being disagreeable and being overly, well, there is, um, to an extent, competitiveness in the nature of the narcissist. I think you may have heard uh, the episode How to Raise Children to Not Be Cocky where I talked about what arrogant kids would say and do and how they would act um, compared to healthy children who will most likely grow up to be healthy adults. Um, unlike healthy kids, arrogant ones will either think of, think of themselves as too much of everything, like too perfect, too fast, too smart, too tall, too skinny, etc. Um, and they have this mentality of being the best out of everyone else, like the best between, among the group. Um, they have to be the best so that no one will take their place if they ever want to be the first place. Well, I'm not saying that healthy kids or kids in general don't do that. I did it personally, especially in like studies or even games, video games. But it's not to the extent where it's a day-to-day -day thing. It's a it's a lifestyle. Like it's a lifestyle pattern where your whole life is competition and doing nothing but winning all the time and screwing over everybody else because you want to be the first one and this whole thing and it's just a pattern of behavior and 
a part of your mindset. No, that's not good, obviously. For entertainment purposes, sure, maybe. Like, once in a while, sometimes, yeah, it's good. Um, to perform better, to motivate yourself more, to work harder, yeah, definitely that works. But not to the point where it's an addiction and it becomes something you cannot work without. See, that's the, the danger of arrogance and the whole competitiveness and being competitive and always seeking competition. Now, for men or wi women, competition is there, okay? Whether it be career-wise or education-wise or relationship-wise, there is competition, obviously. Um, but in females in particular, uh, we know that competition between males is obvious and it's a prolifer pro proliferating thing because guys and men usually uh, tend to be less agreeable than women in nature. So like naturally men are supposed to be less agreeable than women. So there is a bigger... Uh, percentage of competition between men but for women and this is a weird thing like why would a woman why would a mother a woman who has kids would be competitive with her own children and for what you know it's these people never get enough they always want more they're greedy they have the sin of greed that I talked about the very last part two of last episode. Um, and, and it seems like they just always want more of everything. And more of the narcissistic supply, which tends to backfire a lot of the times. And people don't really appreciate that. Because when you're constantly giving a an energy vampire sort of thing, an energy sucker, you think that you're giving them the amount they need. They're never going to be enough. They're never going to tell you, okay, yeah, thank you. That's it. You know, I, I don't want any more. No, they still want more. And it's annoying. And that's the thing. It's you keep giving and giving and giving and they never say no, please, that's enough. No. Like, it's like your duty. It's, it's your duty to give them more, and it's your duty to always give and share and provide, and because otherwise, you're gonna feel like you're never enough, and indeed, indeed, you may or even actually do feel like you're never, you're never enough. You're never generous enough, you're never tolerant enough, you don't give enough, you don't smile enough, you're not happy enough, you're not, uh, I don't know, uh, good enough. It's just this whole vibe, this whole thing, this pressure to always do more and give more and share more and be more. What more can you ask of me if I always keep doing this and you're never really satisfied? And I'm talking about this in this pers 
in the perspective of a kid, a child, growing up to becoming an, a teenager and then an adult. But let's say this is a teenager, at least, you know, a teenager is able to think more critically than a kid and to understand abstract terms than a kid, you know, so. But, like, why is this a thing? Like, why is this part of my life that I have to be a rival to you and you're my own blood? Or I'm your own blood. I'm your own flesh and blood. It just doesn't make sense. With all this effort, with all this trial and error, with all these, you know, things that I do, that I provide, that I give, that I share, that I just... Nothing seems enough for you. You're either always complaining or always changing your expectations for the stupidest reasons. For no reasons at all, even. And here I'm addressing the narcissistic parent. Whether it be a mother or father, but especially a mother. Because a mother is so much more... Can be overt. But also because we females tend to be more cunning and more... Um, sweeping things under the rug can be more subtle with things and that's why you know it's painful and it's difficult definitely but the thing that doesn't make sense at all is if a mother keeps competing with her own children just doesn't make sense and so i already think and you already may think that the real reason for competition may be for control and dominance and pretty much making sure that she has the last word over her daughter or daughters. So, um, without any further ado, I think this is, might be a, a ten, ten minute introduction. Sorry for giving you such a long-ass introduction, but I just, uh, you know, thought I'd spice it up a little with some background knowledge. Um, so, uh, without getting any further with this, uh, I have a few articles, which I chose very specific paragraphs, or should I say bullet points, talking specifically about this subject. The competition of narcissistic mother with their daughters. And there are pretty much uh, four. I depended on four articles to give you some sort of a, a slightly different perspectives of what it can be about and how it can be about. So the first one is from Learning mind learning-mind.com um this one is basically the article is entitled um seven things a covert narcissistic mother does to her children and i didn't uh write the whole thing i didn't take uh notes of 
the whole of the article. I just focused on point number five, which states, which entitled was, which is entitled, uh, "She competes and crosses boundaries." Now, um. So let's read this. The covert version of the narcissistic mother will cross strange boundaries with her children. These are the boundaries extremely disturbing to cross, I added. Sometimes, okay, so they might be extremely disturbing to cross, but boundaries in general are very uh, personal and... People shouldn't be messing around with boundaries because they protect someone and, you know, um, it's best to not mess around with boundaries, whatever the case might be. Okay, so even if it's just, you know, part of a family or something, boundaries should never be crossed. Okay, so... The second bullet point is, if she has a female child that is developing and maturing uh, physically, the mother will compete with her daughter's youthful look. And see, this is the point with mothers sometimes, is that they see themselves as getting older. And when they get older, everything fades. The looks fade. The manipulative tactics start to fade. Um, the charm starts to fade. The whole superficial things, you know, they start to drift away and don't look as good or as charming or as tempting as before. And so they find it reasonable for them to compete with their daughter's youthful looks. Uh, she may try to dress more provocatively than her own daughter and even try to steal her boyfriends or seduce them. Uh, not literally steal them. She may not steal them, literally, but she may also seduce them in a way that makes her daughter feel less of a efficient society member. Like, the way she makes her feel is, like, less than a woman. If she competes with her own daughter, if she wears provocative clothes or just gets her way with seducing the boyfriends, you know how it all ends is that she gets her best at everything. You know, she gets the best of the best. And her daughter is there standing and staring, doing nothing. Because she wants to win, right? She sees her daughter's youthful look a competition. And this is a huge, huge point. And a big mistake. So she crosses these boundaries because she's aware of her aging. Mm -hmm. And no child of hers will be better than her in any way. Of course, she has to win. You know, she has to be the one with the last word. She has to be the one who gets it all. So there is no question about this. When she sees her own child, you know, developing physically, sexually, spiritually, intellectually, and everything in, in between, she has to come in, to come in get involved and interfere with this process so that she gets the win, she gets the bait. She gives the bait to everyone around her and she wins no matter how her how hard her child may want to try or even not not even trying but just to be, you know, 
even if her child is trying to exist in this world. No, they they have no right to do that. Um, second article would be from exploringyourmind.com, all in all in one word, and it's uh, the blog post is entitled "Daughters of Narcissistic Mother." A bond made of selfishness and coldness. And the bullet points that I focused on are from this paragraph specifically. Or should I say this subheading. You should never compete with a narcissistic mother. And between parentheses, here's why. So like we mentioned earlier. Okay, so she, the author mentioned earlier in her blog post that narcissistic mothers see their daughters as nothing but reflections of themselves. And this is the point that I want to get in here. This is huge and it's so wrong. For a mother to see her own child, her own flesh and blood, as nothing but her own reflection, sort of like uh, the evil witch of Snow White, and the henchman, I think it was the title, uh, when she when she has her famous, or should I say infamous quote, Mira, um, Mira uh, on the wall, tell me who's the fairest of them all. And she's old, and she's getting pretty damn old, and her skin is wrinkly, and she has a lot of wrinkles all, all around and her skin is really old and dry and it's not really youthful and young looking anymore but she looks in the mirror and supposedly the mirror is magical which she seeks to tell her who's the fairest of them all like the fairest in the skin the beautiful the most beautiful in the skin of all women out there she has, the mirror has to tell her it's no white because that's the truth. But because it's afraid of her, it tells her it's you, no one else is fairer than you. But anyway, I just wanted to open those parentheses. But seeing a child as her own reflection is extremely dangerous because it puts the child, it puts the child's self-confidence, self-awareness, self-esteem, self-everything, downhill. It really makes this child drown in their own insecurities and never really grow up to be emotionally independent from everybody else, no. Okay, so uh, they want their daughters to be like another part or extension of themselves. This is such a huge, huge point and very extremely important that I'd like to talk about. They think of their daughters as an extension of themselves. For example, a mother is a doctor. She wants her daughter to be a doctor like her. Why? Because she sees her as nothing but an extension of herself. She has to always remind her daughter to study and work hard and get the best grades ever. And be the best student. So that she's always recognized and welcomed by every single professor that she comes across. 
And what happens next? She achieves her mother's dream. Which is something she didn't even, I think, maybe never really thought about or put into consideration. But because she's working so hard to earn her mother's approval and pleasure and satisfaction with everything. And I let me tell you, just open a small parenthesis here. A huge part of life of us children is to dedicate so much of our time and energy trying to satisfy and please our parents. Huge part of getting that gratification, the validation comes from where we were raised, right? Ever since we're kids, we're always seeking attention from our closest people before we go into the outside world. Who are our parents? And so, there are two extremes in this case. And I don't, I don't want to make this parentheses any longer just to briefly mention this. Both extremes are if, if there is complete neglect and no consideration of the efforts of a child which cr- allows the child to grow up, become corrupted, or even needy and clingy all the time and they need attention the whole time and you know they have to always give them your time and energy so that maybe they will ple- they will be pleased because they've never had enough attention and care from their parents or the other extreme which is always having changing expectations never being satisfied with their child's efforts and so the child is addicted on trying to prove themselves to their parents all the time even when they become adults and this is the problem either way either way they both represent a parent treating their child as an extension of themselves closing their parentheses now so being the extension of a parent means nothing but Work to please your parent. Die in your grave pleasing your parent. That's it. So what's the meaning of life anymore? Right? I know we spend a huge amount of time and and, and, and time and ages of our lives trying to prove ourselves to our parents, trying to please them, trying to always do our best in it. But if it comes to that point where it feels like if we ever want to disagree or look at things from a different perspective or choose something else other than what they chose for us whichever thing if they're gonna do that all our lives we're basically living dead creatures and that's not fair And it's painful, and as hard as it sounds, it's not healthy at all. At all. Don't treat your child as an extension of yourself just because. And let me remind you of this. If you're a parent, or a future parent, or if you ever want to have children in the future, just because you made the choice And let me repeat that. You made the choice of having kids. Okay? Just because. 
you made the choice, you take responsibility over your choice and the consequences of it, of your choice and decision, and you take it well. And you don't mess around with your own flesh and blood because believe me, one day, someday, if ever your own flesh and blood decides to be bitter and vengeful against you, you're going down. And you're dead. Basically. Which reminds me of the story of the psychopath Ted Bundy. Such a famous, horrifying, traumatic story. One of the most terrifying stories I heard of, of serial killers and how they become serial killers. One of the examples. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Uh, so. Right. Right. So, um. Oh, we're not there yet. Okay, uh, so... Mm -hmm. We're at this point. So that's why, after mentioning the extension of themselves... So that's why they have to be perfect and make all the same choices they would make. Yes, they always have to make the same choices and take the same decisions their own parents or mothers would take. That's what the definition of being an extension of your own mother is, unfortunately. And if you do that, you're perfect. And if you do that, you're, you're an angel and obedient and nice and amazing and talented and wonderful and everything. But if you do anything other than this, you're scapegoated and you're not going to be talked about well in front of friends or guests or extended family members or even siblings. So you have to be the extension of your own mother, right? Um, otherwise you're getting the narcissistic rage. So these kinds of mothers condition them, their daughters, in everything from tastes, whatever she has, you know, whatever she likes, like the music tastes, clothing tastes, uh, I don't know, food, diet, whatever she likes and dislikes, subjects, um, the topics usually they talk about, like, marriage, or man having a mansion, or getting married to a rich guy, or dating rich people, or having the best degree in university, etc. Friendships and relationships, and even uh part of relationships is the future partner you know they have to decide for them the future partner without obviously deciding but sort of like quote unquote advising them for the for the for the partner i'm just giving you advice you know so the next point but 
that usually leads to a side effect that's as paradoxical as it is harmful. Definitely paradoxical and definitely harmful because at one at one time she wants X, at another time she wants Y. And then when you question her or confront her for her own expectations and decisions and choices, which usually narcissistic mothers, I would say they make randomly, you'll be given the best of the best rage storms ever and harmful for you for for you the victim or the survivor um of this abuse because then you're going to be always confused and you never know you don't know what you're going to do or, or who you're going to choose or what you're going to choose to do or choose to be in the future and it's going to take a huge toll on your mental as well as physical and spiritual you know energy the whole time and it's going to consume you so these mothers constantly feel envy oh and by the way i think i already mentioned this like so many times before the fact that envy is a huge trait of the narcissistic personality disorder envy is there okay so even if you're your own mother's daughter and she is competitive with you like she competes with you she is envious towards you remember that it's like a shadow that won't leave their daughters alone like a veil suffocating them like a parasite consuming them like a bug like a i don't want to mention this gore horrifying example but like a flesh-eating maggot that won't let go of the corpse it's eating just saying <laughs> just saying so yeah they they won't leave their daughters alone an expression we say is they worship her well not literally like worship her but like they want them and always seek them and always seek to control them and always after them and that's the way it is. That's the pattern of control and the pattern of dominance and the pattern of envy. They want to be better than their own daughters because they have to win. So what can happen as a result often seems surreal. They won't let their daughters go out with specific people. Okay, they tell them not to go with this or that or A or B or C. I don't want you to be with that person. That person is is an asshole. That person doesn't like my jokes, doesn't like my looks, doesn't like how I wear, doesn't like how I raised you, doesn't like how I talk about you, etc. And remember that narcissists always love to talk about themselves. So pretty a huge part of this is when they tell you how much they hate that person because um that person doesn't like what they do to you if you're the victim you know what i'm saying and yet at the same time they'll start to flirt with those people if they come around this is so paradoxical and contradict contradictory the the fact that you don't let me go out with these people and yet still flirt and brag brag about sorry excuse me bad burps grab uh sorry brag or 
take the credit for the world spinning around. It's all about you. When they come around, like, which way is it? <laughs> like, are you gonna not allow me to speak to these people? And the rule should also apply to you. Or are you going to allow me to go out with these people knowing that you also flirt with them when they come around? So it doesn't, you know, this, this makes sense. Otherwise, it doesn't. But that's how narcissists work. They don't work with sense or logic. They work with their own envy and sort of weird, unjustified, irrational choices and random actions that they take. Uh, so the third, the third, uh, piece of information, bullet points, are, uh, extracted from this website, blogs.psychcentral.com, and it's essentially a blog within it, uh, called Permission to Thrive, and I think they also have a YouTube channel, interesting to watch, uh, I encourage you to subscribe and, um, watch their videos. And this article is entitled The Narcissistic, or should I say blog post? Because I feel like every time I say an article, I feel like we're reading a newspaper, which is not true. So this blog post is entitled The Narcissistic Mother, One of the Most Frightening of All Personalities. Oh, it's not as frightening as the antisocial personality disorder. Yikes. Um, and the point that I want to, you know, focus on the most is... Point number five, competes with her children, especially her daughters. And here we go. So regardless of what you've achieved, your mother has achieved more. Remember that there's always that I'm better than you concept here. It's consistent. Whatever challenges you are struggling through, your mother overshadows yours. Like, if you, even if you have a headache, your mother will come up with the worst headache you've ever seen or even she has cancer in her head right now and you can't compete with that <laughs> just saying uh, she absolutely refuses to acknowledge accept or appreciate you as your own person because you're simply an object she uses as a step stone a stool or should i say a stepping stone to make herself feel and i added look superior remember it's always about looks to the external validation, narcissists always look for valid, uh, external validation. So they will feel internally, which results from looking superior. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of like always getting the external validation, the narcissistic supply from an external source, which will make them feel superior, dominant, more intelligent, more control it more in control of everything etc etc so the narcissistic mother then is known for criticizing her daughter's appearances shames her for her body and even tries to win her to win over her daughter's object of affection to demonstrate her superiority and desirability Yes, it doesn't matter. You're nothing but shamed for your body appearances, looks, tastes, 
um, the people you go out with, your relationships, your friendships, your studies, your work, everything you do, you're just shamed for it. Why? Because she wants to win over everything. And now she has to be the one superior to you. She has to be the one dominant over you. She has to be the one who has achieved more than you in her own lifetime or your own lifetime for that matter. You don't fucking matter. And last but not least, uh, this one is extracted from or inspired by psychologytoday.com. And I don't know if you notice, I usually take articles from these two websites because definitely they are extremely credible or reliable. And I saw a few times, just opening a small parenthesis here, that many blogs actually copy and paste text from these two websites into theirs pretending that they work hard on it and they wrote it when they actually didn't it's just plagiarism and so i you know i noticed this and i always extract from the mother site psychology today or psych central Uh, and a lot of people depend on these because they have psychotherapists and and psychologists writing these articles and so these people know what they're doing you know what i'm saying okay so um this blog post is entitled daughters of narcissistic mother again extracted from psychologytoday.com and this point is competition and it has three bullet points here we go so believing she is the fairest of them all the point that i mentioned at the very beginning of this episode of fearing that she's not what she uh motivates narcissistic mothers okay that she's not what motivates narcissistic mothers to not only criticize her daughter but to compete with her for her husband's and son's love she competes with her own daughter because she doesn't want her daughter to be loved more by her son and husband so she wants to gain all that love leave the daughter out of the equation and these mothers may deny or not uh may deny or not protect their daughter if they abuse her definitely if they, which refers, I think, to the son and the husband, if they abuse the daughter, she won't be protected by her mother. In fact, she'll be hiding or watching from a distance or just being there, but not actually protecting her own daughter. Because she's competition, she's competing with her, unless she's the fairest of them all, she won't be protected. She won't protect her. She has to be the fairest of them all. Otherwise, why protect your own daughter from abuse? You know, she she has to take it all. She has to win it all. She has to get her supply before it's too late. And finally, the final bullet point is they may restrict or disparage her boyfriends because they're not, quote-unquote, good enough 
nevertheless compete for their attention and flirt with them. Okay, this is the same contradiction that we talked about earlier, the same paradox going on. Like, they're not good enough, but also flirting with them. Like, what, bitch, what? What <laughs> exactly do you want? So, to be in control and number one in their daughter's life, they, they, which refers to narcissistic mothers, they may invade their daughter's privacy and undermine her relationships with friends and other relatives. But not just the relationships, it's the job, it's the study, uh, the education, it's the where she lives, if she's a mother of, of her own children, being a bad mother to her own children, if she's a, a married woman, she's a bad wife of her husband, etc., etc. I mean, these examples will never end. It's just, it's not the relationships. It's every single aspect. Even, it even touches her taste in clothing and music and, and, uh, I don't know, colors and fabric and whatever. Just, I don't know. The examples are endless. But see, this is the point, is that she has to be the number one, whatever it takes. And she will invade her daughter's privacy because she has the right to. She's entitled to this shit, and she will do it regardless of her daughter's refusal to be part of any of this but definitely not because the mother is in control of everything so she has nothing to say against this she just has to obey and be the perfect daughter to her narcissistic bitchy ass mother that she is okay um so this has been a bit long but it's just that i'm trying to make everything as brief as possible. So basically what I'm trying to say is, or what this episode should teach us by the end of the day is that if you ever want to be a mother of your own children, or if you are a mother of your own children, remember that you made the choice to have children, first of all, okay? Second, you should be able to recognize and remember your whole entire life, the rest of your life, that you should be well aware of the amount of responsibility that awaits you once you make that choice of having children. So, what I want you to get out of this episode right now today is do not compete with your children. Do I make myself clear? I repeat, do not compete with your children. Do not. Don't even think about it. Don't even make it a fantasy of yours. Because if you do that, you're dead. The, the, if, if they don't avenge you, okay, by the end of the century or decade or whatever, this year, you might as well be left alone because they already will have already discarded you by the time you realize how important they are to you. They will go no contact. And believe me, when they do, they won't remember you 
till the day you die, till the day you go to your grave, till the day you're buried, till the day you're resurrected. So please, don't make the stupid choice of competing with your daughter because it's going to be extremely painful, unfair, and absolutely dehumanizing for her and a control freak from your behalf. You don't want to be a control freak now, do you? So, I hope you enjoyed listening and I hope you have learned something from this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Definitely had a lot of fun talking about this topic. It's really important and a huge topic to touch and to talk about. And being that it's something I didn't talk about before and so I figured it's time to talk about it. So, hope you enjoyed and learned and got something out of today's episode. Um, so as usual, please don't forget to support this podcast if you want to see it successful and thriving. And if you ever want to take a look at the Instagram page and Facebook page and the links, I'll be posting in the show notes of the Patreon, the merch site, and the blog site. Please do. I'll post them in the show notes of this episode. And uh, yeah. I'll see you in the next one.